Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Man, the name says it all. If you're rocking with us, make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you can get alert of all our great content right away. While you're at it, hit us with a like and a nice positive comment. Let's get to the show. You guys know what time it is. First quarter, kick off. Let's go. It's time for the school check-in. School check-in. Yes, yes, sir. It was a bye week for the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, the last game was against Carolina. In Carolina, they were they were able to go into the bye week uh, with a huge win, a much-needed win when you look at what's going on in their division. In their division, the black and blue division, NFC North is getting a bit sticky. Of course, the Green Bay Packers are currently number one. Uh, right now, seeing what happened with Detroit, what's going on with the Detroit Lions and Chicago. I mean, Minnesota, you can control your own destiny. You're in a pretty good position based on, you know, some of the things we've seen so far in the first half of the season. But let's tap in with our guy, Pat Peterson. Uh, bye week for Pat P. Of course, it wasn't a normal bye week for Pat P. He was moving around, traveling, you know what I mean, enjoying his bye week. But of course, he had to get some rehab going as well, trying to get back on the football field as soon as possible. But Pat, take us into the whole process with you uh, with this bye week, a, a, a bit of an abnormal bye week for you because you've always been healthy, but this yeah. bye week is a little different. Tell us, uh, you know, how, how did you get through that process? You know, for the most part, just get some rest. You know, that's what I was recommend, recommend to, uh, to do over this past week. You know, just get some rest, you know, prop up the leg as much as possible, stay off as much as possible, you know, to kind of let that first stage, you know, take his course by, you know, letting all the, the bleeding to get done, all the swelling to come down. Um, so today working on a little bit of range of motion and stuff like that um, during rehab. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's feeling better, you know, obviously not where it needs to be, but um, I can definitely, definitely feel the, the steady progress that's coming along um, throughout, you know, since, since the uh, injury occurred. Uh, are you on progress uh, to be able to, you know, get back in a timely uh, matter or manner, or, or you kind of like, you know, still not as optimistic. We're, we're mentally where you are based on how your body is feeling. You feel pretty good about the process so far? Yeah, I, I feel great about the process so far. And you know about hamstring, you know, it's a tricky muscle. You know, it's a, yeah. probably one of the most, one of the, the more trickier muscles in the body, you know, especially with us being athletes, with that being our, our base, you know, our engine. You know what I mean? And, and that's deep in the back, having to have that thing fire at sudden movements and sudden, mo- sudden uh, you know, uh, you know, certain parts of the game, you know, you never know what could happen. You know what I mean? So for the most part, you know, mentally, it's just going to come down to trusting, trusting it again, you know, being able to put it to, to put it to work and in, in high gear and knowing that it's going to be able to hold up 
um, and, and sustain any high gear that I'm able to get into um, on a football field. But, you know, for the most part, you know, you know everything's going, you know, the, the way it should be, you know, just going to continue to take it day by day. You know, I'm on a short-term IR, so hopefully everything continue to go on the up and up. And um, I'll be back, you know, as as I was uh, as on target, which will be, you know, the Green Bay game. And, you know, outside of the rehab that you got done during your bye week, tell us a little bit, you know, actually outside of football, what did you do in your bye week? You know, what did you, do? What did you eat? What did you see? What did you drink? <laughs> what did you do? You know, take us into Pat Peterson, future Hall of Famer bye week, Minnesota Vikings. What did you do? Uh, man, I saw some um, I saw some sea turtles with my girls. Saw some nerve sharks. Um, got had an opportunity to get our uh, get our feet uh, get our feet a little sandy. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you to lay in that beach water too. Yeah, that beach water was good, man. Got yeah. an opportunity to get in that beach water a little bit with my little ones. Um, yeah, you know, got an opportunity to get out, and it worked out perfect because my kids were on fall break, so um, you know they didn't have to miss miss time in school. And stuff like that. So um, yeah, it was a it was a good getaway mid season um, break for the Petersons for sure. Yeah, what did you eat? I know you was oh, out there. I, I, I ate some good some some good conk. Yes, good sir. Conk, man, I ate some good conk fritters, man. I love them. <laughs> I love them conk fritters, man. With that good sauce, <laughs> yes, and that conk soup. Yeah, yeah I love it. Hey, I had, that. Little, uh, I had some little. I had some. Uh, what they had? They gave me this. Um, Bahamian breakfast soup. I can't remember the name of it, mm-hmm. um, but that was pretty good. That was my first time having it after you know been there quadrillion times. But that was my yeah. first time having it. It was pretty but good. That, no question. That, hey, that's all the bye week has. The bye week has to consist of relaxing, good decompressing. Food. No question. No question. Because yeah. when you get back in it, you're back in it. You know, yes, I mean, it's in January. So uh, Pat P had a real good bye week. It's safe to say the entire team had a good bye week. We didn't hear any any distractions, uh, uh, any type of distractions coming from the organization. Everybody's right back where they need to be getting ready for the next ball game, which is a primetime affair. Now, it's time to kick it in gear. Second quarter, Cowboys preview. Sunday night football, everybody watching. This is the first primetime game there at home yeah for the vikings pat i know you fire you, you feel some type of way because you can't go out there on the prime time you know what i mean but unfortunately you know something that you can't control but your guys will be out there playing yeah. against a very very hot team the dallas cowboys the cowboys they have the number one offense in both points and yards this season and that prescott has been balling 73 yep. uh completing 73 percent of his passes uh, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Ezekiel Elliott, remember, he started off a bit slow. People were saying, well, he's he might be a bit done. He lost a step, man. D- Zeke has picked it up over 500 yards on the ground, five touchdowns, over 100 yards receiving, one receiving touchdown. C.D. Lamb, second-year player from Oklahoma. Uh, he actually leads the team in receptions and receiving yards. 33 to be exact uh, receptions, 497 and receiving yards and four touchdowns. You can't forget about vet Amari Cooper, South Florida native. He has four receiving touchdowns as well. You had an opportunity to play against the Cowboys last year, not with with Dak Prescott, but some of these other guys were there. Uh, What did you remember about that ball game a year ago when you played against the Cowboys there in Arlington? Um, You know, the offense was a little different. You know, obviously with the backup quarterback in Andy Dalton, 
Uh, I think Zeke was just coming off of injury, if I'm not mistaken, when we mm -hmm. played. Him. So the running game really wasn't there. So we kind of made them one dimensional. Um, you can kind of tell that the, the life was still kind of sucked out of them at the, at the time when we played them because, you know, Dak went down. I, I want to say maybe the week before, maybe two weeks prior. I think it was two weeks. To us playing them. Yeah, two weeks to us pri uh, prior to us playing them. So you can kind of tell, you know, the after effects were still there. So we didn't obviously get the best, you know, the best Cowboys team, but the guys that was on the field, you know, obviously, you know, Amari Cooper, one of the best rock runners in the game. Skeety mm -hmm. Lamb is starting to become into his own. Um, and that's what, you know, having your starting quarterback there can do. You know what I mean? It just opens up so many more windows and doors for your playmakers to be playmakers. And, you know, we all knew, you know, coming into the league, what CD Lamb was able to do mm -hmm. and not showcasing that talent, what he was able to, to do on a college level. So, um, you know, now that they got the, you know, the head honcho um, back up under the center, you know, putting the ball where it needs to be. And like you said, Dak is playing lights out right now. Um, you know, What is he doing that has been so good, you know? You know, I don't think he's doing nothing different before when he went out. You know, he was playing lights out then. You know, the yeah, you're right. Defense, right. The defense this was just bad. Who, this is just who he is. Yes. You know, the defense <laughs> was just bad. And you know, it, over his career, his numbers are there. You know, it's not like he's doing – obviously, he's doing great things, you know, you know, counting into what he what he has able to, been able to overcome with the injury of last year. But yeah. the first four games – Hell, Dak was on pace to break the league's record in mm -hmm. passing yards. You're That's right. not good about that. You know what I mean? He was putting up crazy numbers. Yeah, the defense maybe was playing bad and, you know, coming up, coming from behind in a lot of games. But at the same time, you still got to complete the throws. Mm -hmm. You still got to put the ball where it needs to be. I can care less what the score is. But, you know, Dak is just picking up what he left off last year. You I know, agree. So he's very comfortable in the scheme. Um, Kellen Moore has a, a, a good rapport with them. You can just tell that those guys are definitely hitting their stride. Yeah, I mean, that Prescott has uh, career highs uh, this year in his completion percentage, uh, touchdown and yards per game, yards per attempt so far. Uh, mm -hmm. And talking about how impressive he's been, how do you game plan for a legit duo of pass catchers when you talk about they both could be considered number ones? You know, right. Amari I mean, Cooper and C.D. Lamb, they both basically they both both are number ones, in my opinion. But yeah. how do you game plan for an offense that has basically two number ones? Man, you just want to be able to tell your pass rushers, get to the quarterback as fast as possible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. But at the end of the day, you can't double guard. You can't double cover both of them. Mm -hmm. You know, you only can stand man for oh so long. Then if you drop back in the zone, you know, the good ones are good enough to find the holes in, in the zones, especially if the quarterback got the time to, you know, deliver the ball where it needs to go. So for the most part, I mean, this, this is where, you know, where the pass rushes are, can be really, really effective, you know, making the quarterback uncomfortable in the pocket, you know, you know, not, not giving him the ability to set his feet, you know, just making the pocket dirty as possible. Mm -hmm. And that, in, in my opinion, that, that makes our job that much easier because I know we're going to be tight on coverage. Mm -hmm. If the ball ain't where the quarterback wants it to be, it give us that much more of a uh, opportunity of making a play on the ball. So, you know, Everson, you know, D Hunt, you know, hopefully I think, I, I don't know if Michael's coming back this week. Yeah. But ET, those guys will have to make it dirty for him, you know, make it dirty for him. And, you know, that's going to, allow us to uh, uh, play a little bit tighter to coverage, 
and um, be, be able to make plays on the ball. And uh, talking about making plays on the ball against these uh, electrifying wide receivers, you're not in the lineup, big hole, big void to fill, but Cam Dantzler, he gets his number called. Uh, what does Cam Dantzler need to do to be effective as he replaces you uh, playing uh, the cornerback position? Man, Cam just got to go in there and be Cam. You know, you can't you can't be focusing, you know, on you know the past or what what could have happened or you know, you know the opportunity that that I, that however you felt. You know, mm -hmm. now it's time to go prove your worth. You know, prove your why you belong here. Show, you know, put forth why what you've been working hard on, what you've been in the basement working on. You know, because now it's time for it to come to life. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I talked about, you never know when your opportunity is going to be called. And Lord no knows it happened to be me to get hurt. No question. And now you've been I'm saying that. Yeah, I've been saying it. You know, been saying it's that. a long season. Make sure you're ready when your time comes. So now when your time comes and you're ready, therefore, now you can go out there and blossom. No question. And yeah. now, and that's the good thing about handling yourself as a professional. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people won't look at you a certain type of way if you were acting unprofessionally and then when your number is called, you're not ready. Now right. you're going to face an onslaught of criticism. Oh, man. No They're going to come at you. They're going to yeah. come at you from every which way, right? But if you handle yourself as a professional, and I know it was a bit emotional for him because he wanted to play, but he didn't do anything to tarnish his image around the organization mm -hmm. and not just go out and play football. He had a real good quote coming from Pat Peterson, Danzler on Peterson. He said, Pat basically said, just told me to go out and do what I do, do what I do best, go out there, be confident, play with swagger, just be camp and go out there and play ball. That's exactly what I just said. Yeah, he's straightforward. <laughs> he, he, and he said he's like a grandfather to me, basically, when it comes to the, the knowledge and the insight, you know, you've been able to help him with. Yeah, you got to get on about that, too. You know, yeah, yeah. He, always, he always messing around with me about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but I, I love that, you know, being able to be an extra coach because the great teams are self-coached. Yeah. The great teams are self-coached. I mean, when you have a group of guys where you don't have to – be on them. They got guys that handle that. That's where that's where you want. That's what you want to have to be able to go where you want to go. So right. hopefully he has his big boy pads on and he just played. That's the most important thing about playing cornerback. I've seen average guys play top level play with confidence. Oh yeah. That's oh all. my goodness. Yeah. yeah I tell my daughter that every day, man. Every morning before I I, I I kiss and walk out of the um the house for work. I say half confidence. I don't care what, no else, whatever, whatever is supposed to fail. Half Allow confidence. it to manifest. And me, you talked about this before on some shows ago, long, long time ago. How important is it for a cornerback to get his hands on a football early? Yeah. Now, I was already confident. Yeah. But now I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> about to be what? Don't almost catch a pig in the first. Oh, how BS? How that BS is I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling, I'm feeling myself. If you almost oh. caught a pig in that first drive, if you do go get one, oh man, it's like a it's batter off. coming up to the plate, home run his first at bat. Bow. Oh, Confidence boy. through the roof. No question. And that's that's what you got to do. You got to find a way to get yourself going. I'm excited for Cam Dantzler. I was really high on him coming out of Mississippi State. Got coached by my good friend Terrell Buckley. Uh, now it's his time, and it's on a national stage. <laughs> Light's gonna be super bright Monday night. Super bright. Super bright. Outside of Cam, you know, any other keys 
uh, defensively, you know, that you believe will step up or need to have a pretty big, big ball game to really try to uh, neutralize this Cowboys offense? Any other keys on defense? Uh, I think, you know, obviously, I, my with me sitting out, my my keys to victory is obviously um, you got to be able to neutralize the run game. You know, first and foremost, you know, I, you know, you know, as good as, you know, Dak is of a year that he's having, you know, mm-hmm. throwing the ball, stop, uh, you know, stopping the run and forcing teams to throw the ball. It gives you that much more opportunities of making plays on the ball. The ball's yeah. out traveling in the air. You get a strip sack and get a pick PBU. I think that's going to be big for us. I think third downs is going to be huge for us. Yeah. Um, we got to be under under 40 percent, under 30 percent you know, to, to, you know, have a successful outing. Cause it's like you said, it's the number one offense. So we got to get, we got to get off the field. Gotcha. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, the last key I think for us will be, I got four, obviously getting some turnovers. You know, you yeah. need to t- turn the ball over, get the ball to offense and um, uh, shorten the field and take possessions away from them. And also defend, got to protect the paint. You know, I think we, we protect the paint, you know, force them, settle them to get field goals. Or hell, not even getting down there at all um, would be great. But you know, not giving up six will be uh, will be even uh, even better for us. So, yeah, third downs, stopping the run, uh, red, red zone. zone, red zone, and um, neutralizing the run game. You know what I call it? I call it elbow defense. Yeah, you know, elbow it bends, but it don't break. If you yeah. play elbow defense. And just don't break, especially yeah. in the red zone. You're gonna yeah. be okay. Elbow defense, guys. That's it. I ain't telling you to go out there and play 85 Bears type defense. I mean, <laughs> if you want to do that, I ain't gonna complain. But give right. me elbow defense. Yeah. You know, in between the 20s, they're gonna generate yards. They're gonna do that. They're that type of offense. But when you get in that red area, it's locked down. Yes, sir. They will question. When you make teams settle for field goals, you got them. Yep. You got them. That's the most important area on the football field. Red zone on both sides of the ball, actually. Both sides of the ball. Good knowledge there, boy. Transitioning to the Cowboys. They got playmakers on the offensive side, but they got a hot time playmaker on the defensive side as well. Trayvon Diggs. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, hell of a year, boy. Now, listen here. He, he an SEC guy. He went to Alabama. You know, I don't know how y'all LSU guys feel about Bama guys when y'all play against them in the league. I really don't know. I don't know if it's like a little, uh, you know what I'm saying? But you got an LSU guy on your office as well. And... Justin Jefferson, what they call him, Jettas? Jets. 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 He got a nice. I, I, matter of fact, I saw. I saw. I saw J- Justin and Jordan courtside at Laker game. You saw them boys, Pat P. Yeah, yeah, that was L.A. Yeah, they were courtside Laker game. Boy got his chains <laughs> on. He had about seven chains on. I don't know how many. His neck had to been hurting. Boy, boy had so much jewelry on. But them boys were courtside ready. Hollywood. They were right there by 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 uh Braun, uh-huh. Frank. Yeah, they were right there by the Laker bench. Yeah, yeah, them boy ready. You know, I mean, you quite <laughs> he had about seven necklaces on. I know his neck got to be hurt, but yeah, you got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Trayvon Diggs. Man, this man got seven picks, two pick sixes, 11 yeah. pass deflections. According to PFF, your favorite site, he has allowed 22 rece- uh, receptions for over 400 yards, but they also had him like rated the, the top, like he was in the 20s at cornerback. They didn't even have him top 10 PFF. But uh, how do you prepare for a playmaker like Trayvon Diggs? And you know about this because, you know, teams used to prepare for you, game plan for you. Do you think that your offense will game plan or we just going to go out and play football? Um, 
You know, it's, that's a good question. That's a good question. You know, I haven't obviously had the opportunity to watch him play, saw a lot of the highlights of his picks, great picks, especially the one uh-huh. he had against, uh, I think it's Carolina. On yeah. a, he stepped in front of that hitch. Ooh, yeah. that thing was pretty. But he that had was a few, pretty. The one he pretty. had against uh, the Patriots was nice. Like, all those, obviously, all those are highlight plays. Those are some nice interceptions. Mm-hmm. So I haven't obviously had an opportunity to see how see how he plays throughout the course of a game. Is he a gambler? Yeah. Is he a, a guy that strictly, you know, uh, you know, fallbacks on his technique? Yeah. You know, so I, really don't, I, I don't understand. I don't know. How I can plays. give you a breakdown on who he is. He is a wide receiver playing cornerback. Okay. And I don't mean any. I don't mean that as a slight. It's just that his ball skills are like that. Anytime yeah. the ball is going in his area, he turns into the wide receiver. Yeah. He does a great job locating the ball. He does a great job in attacking the ball. And now his technique has really improved. I was high on Trayvon coming out of Bama. Uh, that yeah. year, his junior year, I thought he was one of the best cornerbacks in the country. And then he broke his leg, his ankle or something like that, had a fracture. Got, you know, he had to sit down. And he came back and he still balled out. Somehow another he went in the second round. I don't know what these scouts are looking at. But he was, he was a former wide receiver. He didn't play cornerback until he went to Alabama. Yeah. That's another one that Nick Saban, remember when we had Marcus Spears on the show, Nick Saban told Marcus Spears, like, yo, yeah. you need to play D-line. Yeah. I guess when Trayvon went to Bama, Saban was like, you need to get in the secondary. You remember also, remember we had Brandon Jacobs on the show last yeah. year. Remember he said Nick Saban wanted him to play D-N. Yeah. So the great ones have an eye. They see <laughs> things we don't necessarily see at that time, but heck, great decision by Trayvon Diggs. But yeah, Pat P, his ball skills, and when you watch him play off technique, if he gets a three-step read or a four-step read on that quarterback, that wide receiver better run on a precise route. Because if he don't, <laughs> he gone. And what happened was in the New England Patriot ball game, the last game they played, because they were on a bye week as well, he got a pick six, thing was on a dig route, scored. The next time they hit him with a, a, a corner and go. Out and up, I mean, out and up. He bit on that out, and you know how it is, Pat. When you get a when you catch one, now you jumping. Yeah, you jumping. He bit on the out, and that's how they ended up scoring that touchdown to make it a tie game. I don't know if you saw that highlight, but what I love about Trayvon man, the ball skills that he's he's displaying in his eyes, he locates, he turns into a wide receiver. Yeah, that he does. He definitely has some unbelievable ball skills. Um, I have his, to agree with that for sure. His confidence is. Shh. Oh yeah. It's, no, it's high. So that when yeah. 18, when, I already, <laughs> when 18 and seven get up there, and one thing I like about 18, ain't no friends out there. Uh-uh. Like, <laughs> yeah, ain't no really like, ain't like we dapping each other up after a play. Nah, uh-uh. bro. You like, you know, you know how he, he I love that about him, man. We ain't yeah. friends, bro. It's not, you know, you, know, we got the, you got that Louisiana accent, man. Yeah, boy, Jet, like, Jet, yeah Jet's looking yeah. to kill it. And when yeah. you wake him up, I, I gotta I gotta get a nickname for him next. You gotta get and you gotta get him yeah. fired up too. You yeah. gotta go ahead and talk to him. And like, Man, you know what? I'm, I'm a, I know I know how to get him fired up too. I got I'm a, I got a nickname. I already gave Cookie Monster's name. <laughs> yeah, you gave Cookie uh, Monster's name. What about Adam Thielen? Can we get Adam Thielen's name? Man, we gonna call we gonna call him Robin Hood. Man, you know one thing I love about Adam <laughs> Thielen. I'm gonna tell you this much right here. One thing I love about Adam Thielen, and somehow or another, I get Adam on my on one of my fantasy teams every year. He never disappoints me. <laughs> Adam Thielen is like that grand marquee. It's durable. <laughs> it's gonna get you where you need to go. Oh yeah. It might not be the flashiest, but when you get in it, if you if you in for a long road trip, 
AC gonna pipe. AC gonna pipe. Gonna ride smooth. Them leather seats gonna feel good on the back. Wish it might not be no question. Red. No question. That Grand Marquis boy is dependable. Yes, sir. I, that's all I want, Pat P. Give me yeah. something that's dependable in any phase of my life. Give me something that's dependable. 19, especially in the red zone. Oh, yeah. He a red zone, he a red zone killer now. Boy, he rocked you up decent in that red zone. Oh, yeah. Boy, you don't want to play around with Adam in that red zone. Crafty. That, Crafty. that touchdown he had uh, in the corner, though, I was like, man, come on, man. Yeah, what you supposed to do <laughs> as a DB? Huh? That's one of those situations when you come to the sideline, coach be like, you got nothing to say, but you gonna tell me, coach. What, no, what you I remember, gonna tell? No, I remember I had a play like that against Andre Johnson in 2013, I believe. Actually two of them, bro. Mm -hmm. I mean, glove coverage. The first one was, they threw a fade to him. I jump up, I tip the ball. The ball is out of bounds, Mac. Three yards out of bounds. I have no idea how this man. Oh, that was closing. that is in Arizona. Yes. Yes, I know. You're talking Got about. my hand on the ball. Literally, the ball is three yards out of bounds. Yes, I do exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. You literally thought the ball was going out of bounds because you kind of yes. like pulled up, like man. And I, not... and I and I tapped it just a little bit. Yeah. So I, I deflected it, like I said, I deflected the ball just a little bit, and like when I and when I when I did hit it because it was like a it was Ryan Fitzpatrick was a quarterback. He kind of mm -hmm. threw it like on the line drive. It was so it's kind of like a back shoulder. It wasn't like one of the floaty ones. So it coming with some speed. And I kind of had saw it like just at the last minute. So I tapped it and it kind of went forward. And that sucker just stretched out like the freaking, what'd you call them? Uh uh the, the girl, elastic man, elastic one. <laughs> and caught that sucker, bro. I said, no, nah, he ain't get it in. They they uh replayed it, caught it. Hey, that's the thing about playing cornerback, Pappy. <laughs> you never can get relaxed. Yeah. Um, when you as soon as you take your foot off the gas, just a little bit. Bam. Oh, and then you get to the like, man, I do it, man. That's the ice. Boy, when you play cornerback, you never can get relaxed, bro. You never can get relaxed. Because you're playing against someone who's just as athletic as you, probably could be faster, could be stronger, but they're gifted. So you got to always have your foot and in the pressure. Game. He's fresh. And fresh. Oh, yeah, you talked about the rotation. <laughs> they rotate. They go. They rotate. They hey man, rotate. all things covered, man. I'm just letting you, I'm just telling how it is, man. Hey, it's a run play. Man, I'm, hey, they send somebody else in there, run you off. But then how they do it? <laughs> oh yeah, tap, tap the helmet. And in practice, I used to tell them, hey man, if it's a run play, block me, bro. Right. Block me. Stop running me off, man. We Stop doing that. Just right. come, let's lock up real quick. Let's tussle. Brother Law, man, that gives a brother law in there. Man, listen, man, that's the worst feeling when you put it in high gear and you look back as a run play, they run a sweep to the opposite side. You the ball and come like, come on, man. Now the next play, second and eight, almost an eighty percent passing down. <laughs> and they bring them, they bring them goons out there. Then come on, you, you, you see, you see them coming off the sideline. Like, oh, hey, they just, hey, what they do? They just get them at the last little sip. No question. Hey, hey, Pat P, don't be in a dome. You know that air in a dome hit a little different. That first quarter in a dome, if you ain't used to you. <laughs> Hey, hey, y'all boys better get there. Okay. <laughs> get there. <laughs> hey, they get hey, they get 20 million a year, but they're gonna sub in and out. They're gonna be fresh. They're gonna hey, be fresh. On a, on, a, on a serious note though, I want to know how many plays do receivers play versus DBs in a game. The starters? Say for instance, yeah, say for instance, we got a 65 play game. How many of those plays you think receivers are actually playing? If it's 65, I'll say a cool 48. 
because they're going to sub when they're tired. Well, they're definitely subbing. And they're going to sub when they just want to be on the sideline. If it's a running play, I mean, and that's the thing about some teams, they're self, they can self-scout themselves because when they bring in certain wide receivers, you already know what it is. Right. And one thing I like about Tennessee, they'll take out their top two guys in A.J. Brown and Julio and hit you yeah. with a play action. Yes, sir. And come out there with 22 personnel. Yes, sir. I saw that, is, uh, what that game they what they came back on? The Bills. Hey, they'll yeah, come out there time. with that 22 personnel. 22 personnel for our listeners is basically two backs and two tight ends and one wide receiver. It's a, it's a run set. Yeah, and they take their guys out. So now, as a cornerback, you might be like, "Oh man, this is a run play." Safety oh, yeah. might be like it's a run play. Hit you with that play action, to King Henry. Oh man, <laughs> they got Baltimore like King that one Henry. playoff, one one play, yeah, one one playoff a uh, year two years ago. They got Baltimore like that in Tennessee. But yeah, that's a good question. I, mean, I think I would say, but out of sixty-five plays, they probably come out. They probably play around in the late in the in, in the high forties. I agree. In the high forties. And, don't, and, and another thing too, Pat P, for our listeners, in the month of September, when you're not really in football shape and you got an early game, let's say it's at one o'clock in Jacksonville oh, yeah. or, or one o'clock in, in one of them hot spots and these wide receivers coming in and out, but you out there? Yeah. Hamstring. Yeah. And with them quads getting heavy, yes, <laughs> you can't get that, 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 that height on that knee? Uh-uh. Oh, man. It's over. Hey, Jefferson has played 89% of the snaps. Uh, Jamar Chase has played eighty six percent of the snaps this year, uh, so that that so those two young guys been in there a lot, yeah. yeah but the the veteran guys, you know, they vets. Like yeah. mm, Thielen has played. Dang, they go that hey, that Grand Marquis. Thielen played ninety six percent of the snaps. Pat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know he's in there all the time. That Grand Marquis. Hey, Thielen. I'm trying to tell you, I get Thielen on one of my fantasy teams every year. Captain Kirk <laughs> gonna get him that ball in the red zone. Oh, Last yeah. question for you before we get to a prediction. Will we see the Cookie Monster come out? Uh, oh, yeah. Sunday night. Cookie Monster going to come out. Sunday night. You got to get them fired up too now, Pat. Yeah, I'm going to get both of them fired up. Well, I'm going to get all three of them fired up. I'm going to get Cam fired up. I'm going to get Jets fired up. And Cookie Monsters, I'm going to have them some Chips Ahoy. Ready to ready to much <laughs> On the sideline, what would be dope? Every time you score a touchdown, they eat a cookie. Yeah. That'd be dope. Hey, that'd be dope. Hey, that, that can go viral. That will go viral. <laughs> Tell Dalvin. Stay tuned. Anytime you score a touchdown, come to the sideline, just bite a piece of cookie. Stay tuned. Get it going. Ain't no not dressed either. So I might have some in my, in my, uh, in my jacket. Yeah, get, get that little, hey, man. That thing, they'll go viral for sure. You'll be on a cooking show before you know it, eating cookies. He have his own cookie. I'm pretty sure. Love y'all get in Minnesota. There'll be a restaurant that have a Dalvin Cook cookie. Yep. I'm like tell Dalvin, when he do get a, you know, a little endorsement, 10%, man. Just get 10%. Yeah. yeah. And, and remember, he <laughs> said that on the All Things Covered, too, last week. For y'all listeners who missed the show, YouTube, <laughs> check it out. It's on there. It's on the feed. Cookie Monster. He will be out Sunday night. Get your hey Pat P. There are a lot of people too. That hat that you had on last week, people were saying where you got that hat from. Minnesota Viking on last week. You had a Minnesota Viking hat on. It was it was pretty cool. It was like it was satin. It was purple. Mm. With a little yellow tassel. Oh, the vintage drum. Yeah. That drum was that's my hey, that's my favorite hat right there, man. Where you um, get it from? Man, that's like one of my first hats I ever had. One well, that that actually is the first hat that was in my locker since I got here. So that was that's in team my issue? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> But that, is that a snapback? And it's a snapback, Matt. Oh, that's dope. Man, that thing's so fire, yo. 
Call Go ahead, send me one. I got you. I got some. I got some purple ones. I think I can go with that too. I can rock that heavy. <laughs> I can rock that heavy. Yeah, they, 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 fans are like, man, where did he get that hat from? You know, Viking fans. They're trying to figure out where to get at. But that's yeah. team issue. I don't know if y'all can get it, but you can try. I got my prediction. Uh, hey, Eric, what? How close was my prediction, Carolina? I think it was pretty dang close. That game went in overtime. Eric, our producer. You know, he's a stat guy, uh, analytics and all that. My my prediction for this game, Sunday night football. The Cowboys are giving two and a half points. That's the spread right now. Uh, I don't think we're going to see any line movement. Mm, we talked about Cookie Monster. We talked about Thielen. We talked about, hey, you know who's going who gonna to quietly have a pretty good game? Ooh. Conklin. Oh. Yeah. Go with Tyler. Yeah, Conklin. Tight end. Mm-hmm. Check me out. Check me out. So my prediction for this ball game. 26-23. Minnesota Vikings, four and three, 26, 23. Eric, make sure you jot that down. Cause you, I think my Carolina prediction is pretty, pretty close. 26, 23 Minnesota Vikings, Skull Nation, let's stand up. Y'all make sure y'all get there early. Make sure when y'all walk into the stadium, y'all is drunk and disrespectful. That's it. <laughs> That's all you need. It's a night game. So you got enough time to get as, as intoxicated as possible, but in a professional way, but you want to be loud and you want to be rowdy. Bring the noise, baby. No question. Bring the noise. Now it's time to tap in around the league. A lot has been happening this past week leading into the ball games this past Sunday. Uh, taunting rules. Now, last week, the Cowboys played against the Patriots. The game-winning touchdown was, was, was caught by C.D. Lamb. He ended up uh, taunting Mills. He was fined over $10,000 for waving at the Patriots, Jalen Mills, $10,300 for waving at him uh, during a walk-off touchdown to score in week six. Mills was not fined for shoving, shoving Lamb. I'm okay with that. But get this, Pat Pete. You know, the NFL, they're trying to, you know, take out the taunting and certain yeah. celebrations. Uh, but they use his image of the, they use the image of CD waving on their social media, but then they deleted it. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of you know, yeah. It's kind of like, wait a minute, two sides. Now you don't want guys to you don't want guys to celebrate, but then use that image of him waving, but then you'd remove it off your social media site. Uh, I know as as a player, I know you. How do you feel about the new taunting rules? Is it taking some of the fun away from the game? Um, I think it is. You know, um, I mean, if it's disrespectful, yes. You know, yeah, I, I, you, you obviously don't want nothing, you know, being you know disrespectful to another player, and you want to be able to show sportsmanship and stuff like that. Um, but it's tough, man, because it's so many, there's so much energy in the game, and so many ebbs and flows in the game, and so many different situ- situations, scenarios that can go on, and just at that time, it's hard to hold back whatever's coming through, you know what I mean? Yeah. Going through your body, you know what I mean? I agree. The only thing I would say is just obviously, you know, just let's just not be disrespectful to it. I, I don't think the waving is disrespectful. I don't think yeah. you should have been fine at 10,000. I mean, my thing is this, you know, if, if, you're, if you're disrespecting the game, that's one thing. Yeah. You should be able to celebrate and show emotions. Heck, uh, what's the owner name from the Giants, Jim Mora? Uh-huh. He, I think he was definitely on the front line of the committee and trying to get this rule in place. But I heard uh, the Giants' last game against the Rams, 
he ended up shows he showed so much emotion he kicked the trash can from one side of the room to the other side of the room. He should have got fined for doing that. <laughs> you can't control his emotions. Like my thing is this: How do you think players feel that are act they're actually involved in the game in the heat of a moment? How do you think their emotions are feeling, especially when they do something good or something bad yeah. happens? Fans do it all the time. Think about how many fans get in a fight in the stadium. Think about how many fans get in a verbal altercation at home or in a bar because they're emotionally tied to the game, but they're not actually playing. My thing is this. Don't take the, mo the emotions out of the ballgame. If it's something that's not disrespectful to the player that, that gave up the play, they should be able to have fun. You allow dancing in the end zone. Yeah. That, should, that could be a form of taunting. So mm -hmm. I, I don't like it at, at all, but... It is what it is for this season. Let's see if they kind of change the rules just a little bit. In other news, down in Tampa, boy, Tom Brady. I don't know what type of water Tom Brady drinking, but boy, if I can get my hand <laughs> just on a 12-pack. Hey, man, Tom Brady. Floor, got that good sun, man. You got to worry about that snow no more. And that, man. Good sun, that good weather all year round, man. Tom Brady is playing like an MVP. I think if the season was the end today, he is the league MVP. Uh, he threw his 600 career touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Evans gave the ball to a fan in the stands. Bucks officials came over and asked for the ball. The fan gave it back as he was promised another game ball, a signed jersey, and a thousand dollar gift card to the team store. Tom Brady said after the game, the fan was going to get something nice in return. So we'll get him a helmet or a couple of jerseys or some other stuff. It's really cool of him to do that, right? But get this though, Pat P. I saw this, man. The ball is estimated to be a half a uh, basically a half a million dollars, five hundred thousand, and could be up worth up to nine hundred thousand dollars. Now, mm. Pat P, your regular Pat P, that you kid. know, just working a nine to five, or you could have just graduated college. Mike Evans hands you the football in the end zone. You just trying to get your life going. They ask you to return the ball back. What are you doing? I think I give it back because at the time, obviously, we don't as a kid as that. I think that kid looked like he was about no more than 15. So my thing is he don't know that ball worth that much money. Okay. Well, let's flip it then. Let's say the kid is your son, right? Yeah. You the father, you there, you know about the game. You know about Tom Brady. They ask you for the football, ask your son for the football. You right there. What are you doing? Now you're the guardian. Yeah, I'm the guardian. I, and me, I would have told him to get the ball back too. I was, as long as my son got a, another football signed from Tom Brady, we we're going to be a part of that history. Like, we had that ball that was worth $500,000. But we gave oh. it back to, you know, we gave it back to the guy. Obviously, the ball would never be sold, in my opinion, because that's 600. Uh, who, who he ended up passing? Uh, I don't know who he passed, but. So uh, he ended up passing another milestone in the, in, in, the, in, in the NFL. So that ball is going in his house. So, you know, with him being the player that he is, Tom Brady, you know, I know that ball is much more special to him than $500,000. Well, well, actually, Byron Kennedy is his name. He's 29 years old. It looks uh, like he was a kid, though. No, no, no. By Byron was a... He's 29. So when it... So, because remember when they, when, it, when Mike first... Oh, gave, no, 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 no. That, 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 the, player, the player you talking about was the, the third touchdown that Mike Evans caught. Oh, when he handed to the kid. Okay. Okay, yes. I, I, I didn't see I didn't see this one there. Yeah, I didn't I didn't see yeah. the one he actually. This was the first it. one. This was the first one, right? right. So he handed to uh, uh, Byron Kennedy, who's 29 years old. Uh, eventually, they, he gave the ball back. My thing is this: this is how I look at it. 
I think that's a great just uh, gesture by Kennedy. I think he should get season tickets for the remaining part of this season and next year. He should have it. He should he should get season tickets. One, uh, two tickets. He can take someone. He should get us. He should get everything that they gave him. Signed jersey, um, helmets, all of that. You know what I mean? And the gift card to the store. But he should get season tickets. Yeah. The, the, the organization should do him that. All right. I, I agree. Because he didn't have to, he didn't have to give them back the football. He dang sure didn't. He and I don't didn't. think he, I don't think he knew that. Well, he could have because they probably said it on the Anacom that it was a six hundred uh, touchdown. Oh, they gave. Oh, so Eric said they gave him tickets for this year and next year. So he had season tickets for the next for this year, and next year. That's 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 what we got, Eric. Yeah. So okay, he so he got season tickets. So I like that. That's good. Yeah. But shout out to Tom Brady. The ball the ball might be worth worth a, a million dollars. But that ball ain't going nowhere. That no, Tom Brady. No, 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 no. That Tom ball ain't. Nah, nah. Now it's time for All Things Covered Award. We're dishing out two awards weekly for those that live up to our podcast show and name and have all things covered. This week defensively, let's give it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Allowed just three points to the Chicago Bears. They picked off Justin Fields three times. Delaney Whitehead and Desir had picks. They had four sacks. JPP had two. Barrett Winfield Jr. had one each. The Bears were two, two of 11 on third down. And I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense in one of my fantasy teams. They gave me like 20 points. Big time day for the Buccaneers. Shout out to Tampa anyway, because we've had quite a few Buccaneers on the show. Larry Foote, uh, Levante David, and Devin White. So these guys balled out. Offensively, <sighs> Jamar Chase. The bank was open on Sunday. Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. <sighs> Eight receptions, 201, and a touchdown. Jamar Chase and Marlon Humphrey was following him the majority of that ball game. And Marlon even came back. You know, he, he got to get back in the lab. It wasn't his best day. But Jamar Chase reminds me a lot of Jimmy Smith. Strong runner with the football, strong hands, runs real good routes, fast. Yes. And he's just a football player. And right now, Jamar Chase, most receiving yards in his first seven career games in NFL history, he's number one. He just surpassed friend of the show, Anquan Bowden, who we had weeks ago. Quan had 621 yards in 2003. Jamar has 754 yards currently. Other guys on that list, another friend of the show, Odell Beckham Jr. in 2014, he had 609. Byron Williams in 83 and 84, 585. Marcus Colston. 2006 for the Saints had 577. Chase is on pace for 1,831 receiving yards this season. That would be the fifth most by a player in any single season in NFL history. Mm. And the crazy part about that, last year, you know, we were raving about another rookie and Justin Jefferson. These two guys are teammates. Of course, everybody know that. But just think about that. Yeah. These two guys are teammates. And Joe Burrow had the benefit the luxury of throwing like these guys and now he's throwing one of them in Cincinnati, Joe Coolborough. So these, those are our, our two award get, uh, uh, getters, the Buccaneers defense and offensively Jamar Chase. Now it's time for seven questions. Seven questions are where we get a chance to interact with you, the listeners and the viewers. If you want your question to be answered in the near future, leave a question attached to a five-star review on Apple podcasts and we may get to it on the show. Uh, this is from official.daniel.16. Ooh, Pat P. 
What is your favorite interception of your career? Hmm. Damn, that's tough. I got like, it's tough to have like one favorite one because I got like five of them that I really, really love. I know what my favorite one of you is. You give me your favorite one first. Playing against one of the fastest guys in the league. Oh, he's good one. Uh, Bills. And Buffalo, that one hander. Yeah. And you got two feet inbounds. Yeah. Tony Toe Tap. Yeah. That, that's one of my <laughs> you, favorites. You never brought the other hand to, on the ball. You caught it and just cratered it and got yeah. both feet in. The thing that I like about it, it's not the, the, the catch was phenomenal. But the line of scrimmage game at the point of attack playing bumper and run when you're playing against speed. <laughs> and when he opened you up after you jam, you put your head down and he was like, it's go. Yeah. Go time. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I don't I know Marquise was a four-two. Now you told me you 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 done ran close to four twos in your day, but boy, <laughs> you you know how you was looking when you ran that 40 at Indy? Yeah. That head yeah. was like this here. And you was like, "Is this a go, boy? I'm beating him at the point. He not, he's not about to get on top of me. I'm on top yeah, of him. Sure. And and that right there was like, because you were playing against speed. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, that's one of my favorites. The one I had against uh, the Rams for my second one, where, I, where Larry thought he always had that opportunity of picking off. I tipped it to myself. Mm -hmm. That was one of my favorites. And you scored with that one, right? Yeah, I scored with that one. That was a pick six. Um. Another one of my favorites was uh, against uh, Calvin Johnson, my first time when I played against him. And that freaking should have ran it back, but he tripped me up at the two-yard line. Uh, my other one was my last time playing against him. Uh, Detroit, the favorite. Yeah, back, back uh, shoulder. Back shoulder. Yeah. And, you know, as a DB, you always want to pick off that back shoulder. Yeah. And for me to pick, because that's like one of the hardest passes to defend, no as question. a DB, in my, in my opinion. And for me to pick off that game in his last season, you know, as a as a as a ball player, I thought that that's pretty, you know, <clears throat> monumental to me. You had them high white socks on too. Yeah, you, you yeah that one was on my point. Last there. one, my last favorite one. Uh, I probably go with the one, and it didn't count though. But the one at uh, Green Bay, the pick six, ninety nine yarder. You had a it pick six, count, ninety nine. It was in the playoff game, man. It was right before halftime, and Frosty got legal hands. Oh, face. yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the Cardinals sideline. Yeah, man. So, although that one didn't count, and the crazy thing about that play, I kid you not, man, I woke up that morning because it was a night game. And I walked my dog. I didn't have Kobe at the time. I had my uh, my two little ones, my, my two little uh, Barkers. Oh, the little Louis. Yorkies. Yeah, Yorkie and uh, Toy Poodle. So, I'm walking them that morning or whatever. I just came back from the hotel walking that morning. I just had all what it was just something just came across me i'm running down the sideline but i'm, I'm seeing this in my head as i'm walking my dogs i'm like yeah. oh tonight gonna be a good game <laughs> you know i go back home put the boys yeah. up fed them their breakfast just that i laid down actually i got in my chamber rocking to my music and i'll be damned it happened six hours later right before <laughs> halftime <laughs> right before halftime right before halftime yeah and it was hands to the face oh yeah. But uh, I'm sorry I gave you five. You know, I got- That's cool, I'm pretty sure he enjoyed it. Yeah, it was tough to pick just one. <laughs> Shout out to official.daniel.16 for that question. Like I said, make sure you leave your question attached to a five-star review. We'll try to get, it, get to it on the show. 
Now it's time for shout outs. We want to remind everyone that you can find us on Instagram at All Things Covered Pod. Each week we give clues for our next guest, and the first person to guess correctly gets a follow and a shout out on the pod. Shout out to at underscore lamp x underscore for correctly guessing Dalvin Cook. Again, follow us at All Things Covered Pod for the very, 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 very best content from the show. That's it for this episode. Thanks to everyone for listening and watching. We'll be back again Thursday where you can expect all things to be covered. Peace. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.